bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, March 12th, 2019. Now, yesterday marks 45 years since the Senate passed a bill to create the Section 8 Rental Subsidy, as well as the Community Development Block Grant Program. Now, that bill was the Housing and Community Development Act of 1974. President Gerald Ford signed the bill into law five months later, on August 22, 1974. Now, Section 8 and CWG continue to be critical resources to this day. Now, turning to this week's podcast, I have a lot of news to share, starting with the legislative efforts to extend and expand the new markets tax credit. I'll also talk about the status of proposals to expand the Renewable Energy Investment Tax Credit to include energy storage, as well as we have information on a bill to create infrastructure bonds and infrastructure tax credits. There's also an upcoming hearing on proposed regulations for the Base Erosion and Anti-Abuse Tax, or BEAT, for which I will share details. Now, the BEAT is a provision from the 2017 tax reform bill that can't help, but it could lessen the efficiency of certain tax credits. I also have an important update on the status of certain historic preservation certification applications that are under review by the National Park Service. And then I'll close, as I often do, with a handful of state legislation updates on various tax incentives that could help increase private investment in those states. And if you're wondering about the President's budget for fiscal year 2020, parts of which started being leaked last weekend, Well, we'll cover that budget in next week's podcast. Now, if you're ready, let's get started. Now, it looks like this is going to be a big week for tax credit legislation. First up, bipartisan legislation to make the new Marcus tax credit permanent is expected to be reintroduced in the House and the Senate. Introduction could come as early as today to coincide with a House subcommittee hearing on temporary tax policy and tax extenders. Now, lead sponsors in the House for the bill include Democrat Terry Sewell of Alabama, Republican Tom Reed of New York, and Republican Jason Smith of Missouri. And then in the Senate, the lead sponsors are Republican Roy Blunt of Missouri and Democrat Ben Cardin of Maryland. The new Marcus tax credit is currently authorized through the end of 2019. The 2018 allocation awards, by the way, are expected to be announced this spring possibly later this month or early April. After that, the 2019 round is the last allocation round authorized under current law. Now, based on new market tax credit extended legislation in previous sessions of Congress, here's what I expect that the new legislation will include. First, the bill would make the new market's tax credit an indefinite part of the tax code. We like to say permanent. Making the new market's tax credit permanent could help broaden the pool of investors and community development entities that are willing to work with the new Marcus tax credit. Permanence would also give stakeholders a longer runway to plan for future community investments, allowing them to build bigger pipelines of investment. Now second, I expect the bill to increase the annual new Marcus tax credit allocation authority to $5 billion. That $5 billion amount is predicated on applying an inflation increase on the $3.5 billion level from 2001 using traditional consumer price indexes from 2001 to 2017, and then the chained 
Consumer Price Index in 2018-2019. Now, every year, Allocation Authority requested applications is at least four times than that amount authorized. For example, the 2018 round saw $16.2 billion in Allocation Authority requested with only $3.5 billion authorized. The demand was more than quadruple the supply. An increase in Allocation Authority would help bring more investment to the low-income communities that need it. Now, a third feature of the bill is likely to be an inflation adjustment to the credit allocation amount, which would be able to be applied in future years. Over the years, inflation has reduced the value of the credit. Inflation reduced the new market tax credit by 30% from 2001 to 2019. So, obviously, indexing the credit to inflation would help preserve its value in future years. Now, fourth, I also expect that the bill would allow an offset against alternative minimum tax. Allowing the new markets tax credit to offset the alternative minimum tax would put the incentive on par with other tax credits, such as the low-income housing tax credit, store tax credit, and both renewable energy tax credits. Allowing the alternative minimum tax offset would result in increased new markets tax credit investor demand, which in turn would drive up new market tax credit pricing and the value of the credit. That uptick in pricing would ultimately mean more investment dollars reaching low-income communities. Now, as I've outlined, enacting the New Markets Tax Credit Extension Act would be a game-changer for community development investment. Fortunately for the communities that benefit from the New Markets Tax Credit, the incentive has always had strong bipartisan support in Congress. This year's introduction of the New Markets Tax Credit Extension Act will mark the fourth straight session of Congress in which a bill for New Markets Tax Credit permanence was introduced. Previous versions of the New Markets Tax Credit Extension Act have been introduced in earlier sessions of Congress, as we've reported in the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast over the years. And support continues to grow. The House version of the extenders bill reached an important milestone in the last Congress. More than 100 co-sponsors signed on in support of making the new markets tax credit permanent. 103 co-sponsors to be exact. The Senate version of the bill also reached a new high in the number of co-sponsors with 21. Well, now it's a new year and a new Congress. That means longtime supporters of the New Markets Tax Credit in Congress will play a key role in educating their colleagues about the importance of the incentive to community investment. Now, speaking of support, the New Markets Tax Credit and the Local Housing Tax Credit both got a shout-out from House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richard Neal of Massachusetts last Wednesday. In his opening address at last week's Ways and Means hearing, a hearing on infrastructure, Chairman Neal emphasized the importance of investing in communities. Here's a clip of what he said. What is good for the nation as a whole is good for our local communities. We must continue to reinvest and revitalize our urban neighborhoods and rural communities through successful programs like the Low Income Housing Tax Credit and the New Markets Tax Credit. I certainly have been a longtime supporter of both of these initiatives because they have real positive effects on our communities. As he said himself, Chairman Neal is a longtime champion of the New Markets Tax Credit. He was the lead Democratic sponsor of the House New Markets Tax Credit Extension Act in previous sessions of Congress. He was also the lead House Democratic sponsor in the past of the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act, a bill to expand and enhance the low-income housing tax credit. Democratic Rep. Don Beyer of Virginia also noted the importance of affordable housing during the Ways and Means Infrastructure Hearing. As a brief aside on affordable housing, the House Appropriations Committee last Thursday held a hearing on stakeholder perspectives of affordable housing production. 
Witnesses noted the importance of the low-income housing tax credit for affordable housing production and preservation, and they urged Congress to pass the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act. They also stressed the importance of passing legislation to increase the very tight non-defense spending caps in order to provide enough allocation to fully fund HUD programs. Turning now to infrastructure reform, a bill that would drive private investment into federal infrastructure projects was introduced in the House last Tuesday. The Move America Act of 2019 is designed to spur investment in infrastructure improvements through Move America bonds and Move America credits. Essentially, the bill would expand tax-exempt productivity bonds for infrastructure, and it would create a federal infrastructure tax credit to drive private infrastructure investment. Ways and Means Democrat Earl Blumenauer of Oregon and Republican Jackie Walorski of Indiana introduced the bipartisan House bill last week. The Senate Companion Bill was introduced in January by Republican John Hoven of North Dakota and Finance Committee Ranking Member Ron Wyden of Oregon. The bill will be of special interest to our listeners as it has a similar approach to infrastructure investment that the low-income housing tax credit provides to affordable housing and that the new markets tax credit provides to community development. Namely, Move America bonds and credits incentivize public-private partnerships. In sticking with the theme of new legislation, several Senate and House proposals that would provide renewable energy tax credits for energy storage may be introduced within the next few weeks. Senate Finance Committee Ranking Member Ron Wyden of Oregon said last Thursday that he plans to reintroduce a battery storage incentive bill in the coming weeks. Separately, Democrat Senator Martin Heinrich of New Mexico and Republican Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado are expected to reintroduce an energy storage bill, similar to the one that Heinrich introduced last Congress. Now in the House, Democratic Rep. Mark Takano of California also plans to introduce a bill to incentivize battery storage. Renewable energy groups, such as the American Wind Energy Association, have voiced support for allowing standalone energy storage systems to be eligible for the Renewable Energy Investment Tax Credit. Supporters say that an energy storage helps address one of the challenges of renewable energy's intermittency. Storage makes energy available even when the sun doesn't shine and the wind doesn't blow. Storage advocates say allowing an investment tax credit for renewable energy storage would help the renewable energy industry compete with other energy sectors. Turning now from legislation to regulations that implement legislation, an IRS hearing on proposed regulations for the Base Erosion and Anti-Abuse Tax, or BEAT, is scheduled for Monday, March 25th. The BEAT was enacted as part of the 2017 tax reform bill to provide a new minimum tax for international taxpayers who make payments to overseas affiliates. Now, BEAT does not apply to all taxpayers. However, those who are subject to BEAT and who use certain tax credits to reduce their tax liability may discover that those tax credits lose some or all of their effectiveness under BEAT. The low housing tax credit and renewable energy tax credit may lose up to 20% of their efficacy from 2018 through the year 2025 and up to 100% after that in reducing tax liability for those companies subject to BEAT. Meanwhile, the new markets tax credit and the store tax credit may lose up to 100% of their efficacy to reduce tax reliability beginning in 2018. Now, as I said, the IRS public hearing on BEAT is March 25th. I expect there to be quite a bit of discussion on how the BEAT affects and interacts with tax incentives. I'll share any highlights of the hearing in a future podcast. And in the meantime, if you have any questions about whether and how 
the beat could affect you, please contact my partner, Nicola Panoli. He wrote a Notes from Novogratic blog post last month on proposed beat regulations. I'll tweet a link to the blog post, and I'll include it in today's show notes. Next, I want to share some quick updates, particularly for our store task for listeners, on National Park Service processing times in the aftermath of the government shutdown. This update will particularly interest those with a pending Historic Preservation Certification application. The front office is up to date, meaning everything that was held during the shutdown or received since then has been entered into the database and billed. Now, NPS is generally caught up with pre-shutdown applications, with just a few exceptions. NPS, though, is now addressing its five-week backlog of applications and the projects that have been submitted since the government reopened. What does this mean for listeners with pending applications? Well, review times will likely peak at 45 to 60 days before returning to normal. Now, you can track your application status online. The tracking tool is live and updated. I'll tweet out a link. And a hat tip to the Historic Task Force Coalition for sharing these updates with us from the National Park Service. Next, we have tax incentive legislation that's been introduced in several states. Legislatures in Kentucky, Maryland, and Arizona recently introduced bills to create state low-income housing tax credits. The Kentucky bill would mirror the federal low-income housing tax credit, but have a statewide cap at half the federal allocation each year. The Kentucky credit would start this year. In Maryland, the state credit would target specific geographic areas, including opportunity zones. Maryland would have a $10 million statewide cap, and that would begin in the year 2020. Now, Arizona's proposed affordable housing credit would also match the federal credit with a statewide annual cap of $12 million. The Arizona legislation would take effect for properties placed in service after June 30th, 2020. Now, in a different approach, an Oklahoma bill would reduce the credit period for the state local housing tax credit from 10 years to 5 years, starting in 2020. Now, meanwhile, bills in California would create a state new markets tax credit and a state historic tax credit. The California new markets tax credit would mirror the federal credit with a $100 million annual cap for qualified equity investments. This program would run from January 1, 2020 through December 1, 2025. Now, the California historic tax credit would be for 20% of qualified rehabilitation expenditures, with certain projects getting a 5% bonus. Here, the historic tax credit would run from 2021 through the year 2025. And there are two opportunity zones state-level bills I wanted to discuss. In Washington State, legislation to incentivize investment in rural opportunity zones advanced to the full House of Representatives. The Washington bill would create a state tax incentive for investing in designated rural opportunity funds. In Rhode Island, a bill would create a 10% tax credit for Opportunity Zone investments in Pawtucket and Central Falls. All of those bills are making their way through the state legislatures. Also, I've included copies of each in today's show notes. And, in related state historic tax credit news, the Illinois Department of Revenue released a decision that the state historic tax credit can't be transferred. That decision also said that a taxpayer can file an amended state tax return to claim the credit within three years of the original extended due date. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's report. But before I close, I do hope you'll join us at our upcoming Novogratic 2019 Opportunity Zone Spring Conference being held in Denver, Colorado next month, April 25th and 26th. Our basics day is April 24th. We're going to talk about a variety of issues at the conference, and you can click 
on our webpage, go to the events section, Opportunity Zone Spring Conference, and get a detailed agenda. We have a number of excellent tracks, as well as great plenary sessions. One hot topic will certainly be the pending IRS guidance, the so-called second tranche of IRS guidance. Plus, our, one of our keynote speakers will be Dan Kowalski from the Treasury Department, who heads up the release of Treasury guidance. I do encourage you to register today before space runs out. Our last Opportunities Conference did sell out. I'll include a link to the event in today's show notes, as well as sending out a tweet. And, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, remember that next week's podcast will provide highlights, or lowlights, from the President's budget for fiscal year 2020, parts of which started being leaked last weekend. That's it for now. I'm Michael Nivergradic. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratic and Company, LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogratic and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.